Welcome to The Smartest Doctor in the Room. I'm your host, Dr. Dean Mitchell. First, I do want to take a moment. I'm not a political person, but um, my heart and my prayers are with the Ukrainian people, and uh, I hope the best for them and their country, and things get resolved very quickly. Today, I want to talk about what vitamins should a person take, and how should they, how should they take them? Now, I've done podcasts on this before with Dr. Ray Schilling. If you want to look back, uh, we did cover a lot of material, but I thought today it might be really helpful to go in very specifics, almost like I do when I see a patient in my office. And the question they always ask me is, what vitamins and supplements should I take? I think the first important question you have to ask yourself is, do I really even need vitamins? And this is really based on a person's age, their gender, and their overall health. I mean, vitamins aren't cheap, and also supplements. I mean, I know myself, I probably spend at least $100 a month on supplements, but I'll explain a little bit why I take them. So there really is a difference between a healthy 20-year-old versus a 60-year-old doctor or nurse or anybody, whether they need to take supplements. Before we even get into supplements, again, it's just so important to emphasize that if you're not sleeping well, because sleep is so important to restore your immune health and your cells, if you're not exercising a bit, moving around, and if you're not eating a healthy diet, then taking supplements is not going to supplement those other areas of your health. And you might as well, again, save your money and really focus on those first three. But that being said, there are areas where I believe vitamins and supplements can be helpful, you know, to kind of getting that edge that you may want in having optimal health. Now, some people think, well, why can't I just take a multivitamin like Centrum, you know, because supposedly it has every vitamin in it and, you know, so it's a one-stop shopping. Well, unfortunately, those um, multivitamins tend to either be low in certain vitamins that might be important for you. And even the combination of everything altogether is not always the best way to take a vitamin. So my personal feeling is if you're just taking a multivitamin, you can do it if it makes you feel good, but it's probably not going to be that much difference to your health. Uh, so again, I'll leave that up to the person themselves. I think an important question that gets overlooked in taking vitamins is also before we get into the specific vitamins is what form do you take your vitamins and your supplements? And this may sound like a silly question, like, oh gosh, I just, you know, I swallow a handful of those uh, pills that I would take the same way I would take medicine. And I like to tell my patients when they're in the office, that's not the optimal way to get the maximum uh, absorption and benefit uh, especially from vitamins and supplements. Now, in my office in New York, when I'm seeing very sick patients with chronic fatigue syndrome, mold toxicity, a whole range of issues, we actually will have to do IV vitamin infusions to get very high doses into the patient to help detox their body. Also, on occasion, I'll use what's called intramuscular injections to also get high doses of B12, magnesium, even glutathione, which are really important for the immune system, and we'll get into that. But again, if you don't need it and you're not 
have, if you don't have access to getting to a doctor that can do this, what, what is a better way than just swallowing pills? Well, what I like to tell my patients all the time in the office, and they see when they come into my office, I have different types of vitamin bottles laid out on my countertop because I want them to see that I am a big believer in anything that can be found in a liquid or powder form for vitamins because that way you can take them sublingually or on your tongue. Now, why is that important? We all, I have to go back a step to sort of first year medical school where you know doctors in training learn about the GI and liver physiology. And so think of it this way, when you swallow a vitamin or a medication for that matter, it goes, you know, it goes down through your esophagus into your stomach and there the stomach with all its enzymes breaks up you know, the medicine or the vitamin in this case. And then once it's been pulverized, it then sends it to the liver, which is on the right side of your abdomen. And the liver, as many of you know, is the key detox organ in the body. The, the liver has to sense, well, okay, is this dangerous to the person's body? Is it toxic? And in that case, so the liver makes these different changes to that. And then once it feels, okay, it's good to go for the rest of the body, this is what's called first pass effect. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a medical term, but it's essentially that, the, that whatever's coming in through the stomach has to make its first pass through the liver, and then it's safe to go to the rest of the body. So that's why sublingual treatments actually bypass this first pass effect, and you get a much higher absorption. And I see this all the time. I'll give you specifics as we go through the different vitamins where it really makes a very big difference. So please remember that. That's an important thing because, again, if you're paying good money for these vitamins and supplements, you want to get the maximum uh, amount into your system that's uh, optimal for your health. So let's go through some of the basic vitamins. And we'll go through. It's not A to Z. It's actually A through E. And, you know, whether or not they're important or necessary. So let's start with vitamin A. Do you need this vitamin? It's, it's typically in a lot of multivitamins. Now, a lot of experts might argue that you don't need uh, supplemental vitamin A. Vitamin A is found abundantly in yellow and orange type of vegetables and fruits, uh, and usually in good doses. So of course, carrots and squash, pumpkin, you know, pumpkin seeds, all those type of yellow orangey type of vegetables and fruits, you get quite a, a good amount of vitamin A. And vitamin A is important because it does help with healing in the skin and it's important for your immune system. Oh, by the way, also too, vitamin A is also found in dark leafy green vegetables too. So when you're having your, your nice salad with kale uh, or spinach, uh, you're getting uh, a lot of vitamin A. But on the converse, the, the reason I typically don't recommend patients take supplemental vitamin A because vitamin A, if you take too high a dose or it accumulates too much in your body, it can become toxic. So it's one of the, 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 the vitamins where you do have to watch out about dosing. So typically, again, as I said, I don't tell patients to take vitamin A. Let's go on to the B vitamins, which everybody hears a lot about. There's the whole range of them. There's B1, which is thiamine, which is so important for so many immune mechanisms. And of course, for your memory, you know, patients that unfortunately that are out, you know, people that are alcohol abusers tend to get very deficient in thiamine. And then that's what it affects their short-term memory. 
And thiamine also is extremely important in interacting in, with magnesium in a lot of the pathways in your immunity. B2 is riboflavin, which again, also get another really important B vitamin. B3 is niacin, which is also helpful in lowering your cholesterol. B6 is pyridoxine. B12 is the famous one that so many of you are aware of, and everybody knows that if you're deficient, you can get what's called pernicious anemia, where again, slowly your body has less and less uh, the red blood cells, and you get weak and tired. And B12 obviously is important in a lot of uh, areas of energy. And then there's uh, what's called folic acid, which is actually B9, which uh, we know is very important also along with B12 and especially important in pregnant women. Uh, all their obstetricians are always recommending that women take this type of supplementation to prevent what's called neural tube defects, meaning defects in the spine of a fetus. So the B vitamins are real important. Again, doing a powder or liquid spray, something to get these different vitamins uh, are really important. Let's go on to the next letter of the alphabet, vitamin C. Now, again, everybody pretty much knows about vitamin C. We all know. Well, I think there's some misunderstandings about vitamin C. People tend to say, oh, if you take vitamin C, you won't get a cold. It's not really true. I mean, if you get a cold, you're going to get a cold. But what we do believe is that you're taking vitamin C on a regular basis, you are keeping your immune system strong. So it's, I mean, it's one thing to take vitamin C in high doses when you do get sick, but you're really much better off if you've been taking vitamin C all along. And then if you get sick, to increase the dose a little bit. So typically what I tell patients to do is a 500 milligram dose at least twice a day, and then sometimes to rev it up to three or four times a day when you're sick. By the way, with the vitamin B and the vitamin C, uh, I, I like a company called Easy Melts. Again, they make what's called like a lozenger. It, it kind of it's kind of reminds me of the old days of the sweet tarts. And if you remember as a kid, uh, you know, getting that candy, I remember I did it. It was really good. But on these, again, you just put it on your tongue, you chew it a little bit, and it dissolves on your tongue or under your tongue. And this way, as I mentioned, you're getting the full dose of the, of the supplement and the vitamin and not worrying that it's being diminished. The next thing I recommend, and it's so important, and I talked a lot about this in my podcast with Dr. Ray Schilling, is vitamin D3. You know, vitamin D3 is slightly a misnomer because not only is it a vitamin, but it's actually a hormone, and it does so many things to boost your immunity. It actually decreases allergic reactions. I've used it a lot in patients of mine that have eczema. Uh, it seems to help a lot. But what's important and it's not always appreciated is that it's really important to take vitamin D3 along with vitamin K2 because they really work what's called synergistically. They work really well together. And, you know, as we know that vitamin D3 helps build stronger bones. Because again, children that were deficient in it, you know, in various countries, they get what's called rickets where their bones get really deformed. And in contrast to that, when, when you're taking vitamin D3, you help keep your bones strong. But the K2 does something very important. It helps mobilize the calcium out of your bloodstream into the tissue. So that combination is very important. I tend to my patients dose them based on what their vitamin D3 level is. Again, so many of us in 
parts of the country where it's cold in the winter and you don't get that sunshine tend to all have a lower levels below 30 units. So I tend to recommend that patients, and they can do this very safely, take usually, you know, between three or 4,000 uh, units of vitamin D3 and typically 100 to 200 micrograms of K2. But again, please work with your doctor, find out what your level is. And again, I like a liquid preparation for this where I just, I use something called Live Well, I'm sorry, Live Wise, where I just draw up in a little dropper bottle, four little drops, and it goes right into my system. I've seen so many patients that have been swallowing vitamin D3 tablets, for example, and then I check their levels and their levels aren't, haven't really elevated at all. So again, it's just, it's, it's getting broken down too much in the stomach and just not getting absorbed into the rest of the body. You know, we tend to think of vitamin D3 as the quote sunshine vitamin. Uh, so sometimes people think, oh, I'll just go out and have, get a lot of sun. But uh, many of us, and especially people as we get older, over 40, our skin cells don't synthesize that vitamin D as well. So you really do need to take supplements. So that, that's an important one. Vitamin E also, again, you may have heard a lot about, and again, there's been a lot of studies showing is it helpful for heart disease, and you know, a lot of the studies did show that it's beneficial. I personally, again, don't take vitamin E because I like to eat a handful of nuts during the day. I mean, you know, nuts are like nuts and macadamia nuts, they are full of, you know, good content of vitamin E, and I, and I enjoy taking them. I also, just talking about nuts, I like... Uh, having a Brazil nut a day, because that gives me also typically the uh, amount of selenium that my body needs in a day. Let's move on to minerals. And again, that's something that was really overlooked a lot. We know we always talk about vitamins and vitamin this, vitamin that, but minerals are really important for so many co-reactions that are going on in our body. One of the ones I want to talk about first is magnesium. Magnesium, there was a book written by, oh, I forgot his name. Um, it was called Magnificent Magnesium. And it was really an excellent book because uh, I read it several years ago and I knew magnesium was important, but I didn't realize how important it was. And I also, what I didn't realize was how many different forms there are. I mean, you know, the typical one that most people are familiar with is magnesium citrate because they take it to help them go to the bathroom more regularly, which is fine. Uh, except that you don't really get a lot of absorption from that particular form of magnesium. The other forms of magnesium, magnesium glycinate, magnesium malate, and magnesium threonate, which I particularly like, help the body raise the magnesium levels inside the cells. And this is something that I measure in my off, in my, when I send out labs, I look at the magnesium inside what's called the red blood cell. Because if you order just your regular, what's called serum magnesium, pretty much everybody is normal unless you're in a coma or close to dead. <laughs> so to really measure what's going on inside your body and how it's working and all the different cell mechanisms, you really need this, what's called magnesium RBC test. And again, I like to take magnesium three and eight, uh, a particular product I like is from Life Extension. And typically you want about 300 milligrams once or twice a day. So another important mineral is zinc. And again, a lot of us are appreciating that more because again, with all the viral infections that are going around, so getting 30 milligrams of zinc a day is good to help boost your immune system. Now you don't wanna to go too high in zinc because you don't wanna get toxic and you certainly don't wanna use, I think they took it off the market, any nasal spray that has zinc because you could lose your 
your sense of smell permanently. Uh, but zinc is a good mineral to take. Again, I like to use the easy melts because again, it's like a lozenger, it just dissolves on my tongue and then gets right into my system. And I feel like my immune system is protected. The next few supplements I'm going to mention, again, it really depends on people's medical issues. Uh, a lot of them are still good for anybody, but uh, I'll kind of try to get a little more specific. So something that I recommend a lot to patients, and again, I take personally myself, is coenzyme Q10. CoQ10, you may know of it, or it's also, there's another more active form called ubiquinol. And I take 400 milligrams a day. Coenzyme Q is known to boost mitochondria. And I always mention to my patients, you know, think of mitochondria, if you remember your eighth grade biology, it's inside the cells. And think of it like it's like the little battery that keeps those cells pumping out energy. And coenzyme Q is it's an important coenzyme that, again, we don't always have enough of in our body. And sometimes when I see patients of mine with chronic fatigue, I'm strongly recommending that they take it every day. Patients that take any of the statin drugs for heart disease are, are usually prescribed this by their cardiologist because they know that the statins actually lower your coenzyme Q uh, levels. And that's sometimes why they experience muscle pain or fatigue. So again, good idea just to supplement if you know you want to keep those levels high. Another supplement I like a lot, which I know is good for the heart. And again, we're talking about again for people that either have low energy or as we get older, if you're worried that if your heart is contracting as good and your muscles is D-ribose powder. Now D-ribose sounds like it's just a plain sugar, but it's not. It actually gets into the DNA to help again with the uh, cellular process of producing energy. And again, I like a powder form. I, I use a from a company called NutriCost because they usually give you a nice big amount. You know, so many times, you know, when you order these vitamins and supplements, you know, it's like a big bottle and there's only like a small amount in there. I hate that. Uh, but this one, NutriCost actually gives you a really decent amount of, of the powder. And again, you put a teaspoon into a drink two, three times a day for an extra boost of energy. Now, another supplement that's gotten a lot of press over the last few years is resveratrol. Now, resveratrol has been called in some circles, you know, the longevity supplement. Uh, Dr. David Sinclair, who's one of the preeminent longevity specialists up at Harvard, is a big proponent of it. He takes this himself. You know, it's supposed to help what's called protect the telomeres. The telomeres are the, the um, tips of our DNA, you know, when they look under a microscope. And it's believed almost like, you know, the little plastic things around our shoelaces, that when the telomeres start to fray in our DNA, the cells divide less, and that's what leads to aging. So if you want a little bit of a hedge as we get older, again, taking resveratrol seems to make sense. You can't drink enough wine <laughs> to uh, take the amount in a, in a supplement. Uh, another one that Dr. Sinclair recommends a lot too that he takes himself is called NM NMN. It's a form of niacinamide. And again, this is another one that helps with telomere protection. So uh, I'm also taking both of these, you know, as again, as I've gotten older, I said, you know what, let's, let's protect those, uh, those shoelaces inside my body a little bit more. Chromium picolate, again, patients may have heard of this for patients that have diabetes, which, you know, unfortunately there is a, a high proportion of the population 
that has that. And chromium picolate is supposed to help stabilize the blood sugar. And since so many people are getting more prone to hyperglycemia and issues with you know, blood sugar, chromium picolate seems like a kind of a smart thing to do again as we get older. The other thing I like to recommend to patients, and it actually tastes really good, is Ceylon, C-E-Y-L-O-N, cinnamon. And I, I like to put you know, that cinnamon powder in my coffee, your teeth. Uh, it tastes really good to help uh, stabilize blood sugar. An interesting area is the omega-3 fatty acids. And I've actually had Dr. Barry Sears on my podcast in the past, who's a huge component of this. And typically they recommend about one to 3,000 of the EPA and about 700 to 2,000 of the DHA. I, again, personally don't take omega-3 fatty acids. I've been in touch with certain holistic and functional medicine practitioners who are concerned that even uh, with all the supposed distilling that goes on on these fatty acids that they are contaminated. Uh, Dr. Sears says they're not. I think you have to be a little bit careful with some of these. The other option also too is like is like the algae formations, you know, because again, the fish eat the plants where you can get some of these as well. Another thing you could take as a supplement or I preferred to drink as a tea is the green tea because uh, it has the good, I think it's the EGCG, component to it, uh, which is really supposed to cleanse the cells. So again, that's something that seems to make sense for me. Another thing just to add in also too, because sometimes a lot of people ask me about protein, uh, the pros and cons. And I think Dr. Sinclair made an interesting point in his research that he thinks people eat too much protein, uh, which actually ages them and is not great for the kidneys. But on the other hand, possibly a small supplement with whey protein, uh, I like Terra's whey because they make it with stevia, so it tastes really good, uh, is protective in lowering your LDL, which you know is really good for cardiovascular protection. So that seems to make sense. So these are a lot of the, the different supplements that, um, as I, I was mentioning, I personally take. And again, I think it really depends upon your age, you know, if you're a healthy 20 year old, you might not need anything at all, as long as you're getting a lot of good sleep and, um, and eating healthy and exercising. But as we age, as you get into your thirties, mid thirties, your forties, you may start to be more concerned and things like the vitamin, you know, B, C and D all seem to make sense. And if you have any medical condition, again, working with your doctor to look at and see what specific supplements make sense for you. I, I find it frustrating when I have patients come in with a whole literally garbage pail full of supplements. I think it's way too much for anyone and I question how much benefit they're getting out of it. I also worry about their stomachs. And of course, sometimes if they're on medications, you know, such as acid blockers, they're not gonna even be absorbing these medicines. That's again why I recommend the sublingual route uh, for them. So. And sometimes they need injections or IVs because, again, they just can't get enough absorption. So I think these are all the really important things to consider. And I think it's important to look at your budget, what works for you. I mean, again, these uh, supplements and vitamins can be expensive. But if you make the right choices, and I, and, I, and I highly recommend people do their own research. Sometimes, unfortunately, even their doctors are not as in tune uh, with the latest, uh, what a lot of functional medicine doctors are doing. 
I constantly am, are, am reading and looking at things to support why I take something. So I hope this has been helpful and I you know, hope you get to take your supplements wisely. If you have any questions, you can uh, reach out on my Instagram at the smartest doctor in the room and we'll try to get back to you. Have a great week.